evening, everyone. This is Jen Bonet with Creative Coast, and tonight is Entrepreneur's Night. It is September 10th, 2020, strange year that it is. Um, and this is, I think, our fourth or fifth Entrepreneur's Night online via Zoom. Um, I'm missing my wine. I'm still drinking water, unfortunately, because normally we'd be serving wine and beer here in our lovely space, and we will get back there one day. But um, in the meantime, we're just trying to get the story of entrepreneurs, technology entrepreneurs in Savannah, Georgia, those that are have launched and grown and are, are getting it done so that when we look back from all of this two years, three years from now, and the tech scene is booming because of the activities that we've been taking during COVID-19 and the, the idea that people want to move to cities like Savannah, um, that, that will have the story, the origin stories of the companies that were here already well documented. Sorry, I had to close my door because I could hear it coming from Mark's computer as well. <laughs> I could hear myself talking in two places. So today I am pleased to have Rob Lingle with Oakworks Software Company with me. Um, so say hi, Rob. There. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, why don't we start with you just kind of introducing yourself and telling yourself a little, telling everyone a little bit about your background, maybe pre-Oakworks. What were you doing? How'd you sure. Um, so I'm, I'm from Savannah. Uh, grew up around here. Um, went to Georgia Tech and studied computer engineering up there. Um, and then just ended up more more in the software world once I got out. Worked for a Department of Defense contractor for 12 years or so. Um, so I led development efforts over there. Um, the Army is was kind of our main customer. Um, and they are full of processes that are that need to be improved. Uh, um, just a lot of paperwork, a lot of uh, just ugly stuff that's grown up in a big organization over a lot of time. Um, and so it's kind of a fun exercise to go in there and talk to everybody and figure out a better path and then start building it for them. Um, and that's more or less kind of what we do at Oakworks. Um, so, yeah. So in your, in your prior career, prior to starting Oakworks, were you in Savannah or were you elsewhere? Uh, the office was actually in Rinkin, but I was in Savannah. So yeah, pretty much. Awesome. I did not know that they had a office of uh, engineers out there. For, for yeah. So it was a, a small, a small couple of guys that left uh, the Corps of Engineers downtown and cool. they were both based in Rinkin. So that's where I ended up. Awesome. So tell us about Oakworks and, you know, how you and um, your co-founder, Steve, met and launched this business. Um, Steve and I met uh, some in some kind of an interim uh, between, uh, between high school and college, um, hung out for a little while, and, and then we kind of went our separate ways. And, uh, but we bumped into each other uh, several years ago and started chatting, and he had gone to animation school. Um, and I had gone to the DOD contractor for a while. Uh, he ended up in software. And so we were, we were kind of in a similar place. He was doing a lot of freelancing. Um, and I wanted to work with newer technology and in the uh, private sector. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think one thing led to another. And, um, and so we started Oakworks. Um, 
that, that was it. Just kind of a, a mission to, to build better systems for starting with companies here in town. And, um, yeah. Awesome. And how do you guys, you know, I, I always find, um, the co-founder story interesting because so many entrepreneurs I meet are leery of finding that, that partner, that co-founder and, or have trouble finding it. And that's why I always want to know the origin story of how you met. Um, but then the other thing is, okay, now you're in a relationship with this person, you're growing your company with this person. So how do you decide to um, divide up the responsibilities? You know, how are things broken out? You know, how do you guys manage the company together? Yeah. Um, great question. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I mean, it's, um, relationships are, are work, uh, any kind of them. Um, we, we don't have neat divisions everywhere. Um, he tends to be, if it's going to be more, uh, artistic designy, uh, that's, that is Steve. Um, I'm going to tend more towards, uh, engineering architecture, uh, specialties. And then I, I tend to handle most of the, um, just paperwork and administrative stuff of the business. Um, neither of us, I think really is great at marketing. And that's something I've been feeling more and more lately, um, and trying to figure out how to, um, get stronger there, I guess. Uh, we're, we're both engineers. We both like working on the problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've done that a few times in different businesses I've had. And it, without that person that really thrives on marketing and sales, you sometimes end up with your work schedules looking a lot like this because you're yep. so far in the weeds on a project and solving that customer's problem that nobody's looking three months down the road to say yep. who's going to be the next customer. Yeah. I mean, I would just, that is where my mind has been a lot lately because that is exactly how it looks. Um, I, I think it took longer than it should have to really get through my head that if I am the one doing the work day in and day out, um, nobody is thinking ahead. Nobody is, is finding those next people. Um, and so, you know, I think I've been doing a better job of, of getting out of the work and, and delegating and bringing in juniors to uh, making sure they're uh, good and working on our processes, especially in this remote environment, but making sure that they're making progress and that they're, not stuck. Um, I, I think there is kind of a challenge there because it's easier to just check in with people in an office. Um, and that would be valuable right now to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think trying to do a better job of bringing in, uh, the employees to do the work, um, building their skill sets and then moving on to do other things, uh, has been the focus lately. Awesome. So talk a little bit about where you are there from the, like the workers. So you've got, are you, you have some junior folks on board right now or you're 1099ing people and. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty small right now. There's, there are four of us. Uh, so we've got, uh, three of us on W2 and one 1099. Um, and we've tried to, we, yeah, I, I guess I'm leaning more towards 1099s or, um, or partnering with agencies that just have more people. Um, because that's that, you know, with, with the wave you're talking about, as far as just business to be done, I mean, that's, it's hard to scale people in and out. Um, 
all of our projects tend to be a little bit different. Um, you know, I think I would, I would still like to see us move to a place where we have a product or two products. And those are the things that we work on day in and day out. And I think that's much easier to uh, kind of roadmap and plan for. There is basically one onboarding and, uh, and then the developers you bring in can go. And right now uh, there is, uh, we have to onboard them to every project essentially. Um, and I don't think that's as, I don't want to, I don't want to over exaggerate that. There's, there's a lot of commonality between our projects, but you know what I mean? There's, there are some peculiarities. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously each business is a little different. Even businesses in the same industry use yep. the same product differently when you have a core product. So that's, that's going to be challenging. Um, you know, at any given point in time, how many clients do you have with active projects? Um, probably four or five would be typical. And then, and then usually that's going to be like one or two big people and then others that are on some sort of a maintenance mode, yeah, uh, something like that. And then we've had a few that have just had to uh, step away uh, because of COVID. Um, and then we've seen some transition because of COVID more e-commerce stuff, um, less, uh, just application development. Interesting. I was wondering how, how COVID had impacted you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was the, the two big impacts, the two customers that have, have been impacted, I think have been uh, Kelly tours. So their tourism, um, and their, their main business is taking, um, grade schoolers to DC, right? Nobody wants to be on a bus now. Uh, nobody wants to rent Kelly tours buses from them, uh, other, other tour companies. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. Uh, they, they had been planning to fire up a trolley service and we were starting to build an app for that. Um, so there was all kinds of new, exciting stuff happening at the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, just with them, I, th I think we had two new projects and the ongoing that were looking uh, to get started. They're gone. Uh, Georgia ports, uh, you know, I think that's, I think we were making some progress with them and that's taken a hit. Um, so, yeah. They're busy though, right? They're they busy. are busy. Um, <laughs> busy. Yeah. yeah. Um, number one port for exports in the country last month, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so I want to back up a second and go back to like when you launched, talk about finding that first customer or did, you know, when you and, and, and Steve joined forces to form Oakworks, did you already have yeah. a customer? Were you out there? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I think it's weird looking back and like, what were we thinking? Who did we think we were going to talk to? Um, and some of it was people that Steve already had known of. Um, and so we were able to build those into bigger things. Kelly tours. Um, I know through family and, and he knew through, um, he was doing a little project for them. And, and what we ended up doing with them was suggesting that they don't need a little project that you're, they're opening more offices and their systems were kind of one at a time, remote desktop in, manage a, a glorified spreadsheet together. And, um, and so we were, we were able to talk them into, you know, let's do a roadmap. Let's talk to your different offices and let's talk to, um, the staffers here and let's figure out the main problems that you're having with the system and what can we build, uh, that would make your life better. And so 
and that's what we ended up building is a, it's really a platform for their back office. Uh, it's got, you know, maybe 5% of it is uh, customer facing, uh, but most of it is, is for them to do the logistics of running their trips. Very cool. Yep. Talk a little bit about um, like who you're like, that seems um, based on your previous experience, it seems like that type of opportunity is your ideal customer. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the, what I kind of see in my mind is um, that company who's kind of entering mid-market um, they've been around a little while um, and they've been around just long enough that their operational headaches need some investment. Um, and so that's where we can come in and either helping them find something off the shelf, you know, if, if that exists or helping them wire that up, um, or usually just building something from scratch. Um, and, and I say that, and that's, that was definitely the original vision. We have, we have moved more towards e-commerce, um, over time. And because of COVID, I feel like, um, and so on the e-commerce side, well, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's kind of similar. Um, we've ended up doing, you know, there, there's different, there are different levels of e-commerce. You could do a really simple store that is you just kind of put a theme on it and um, connect it to payments and you're good to go. Um, and our customers for e-commerce tend to be a little more involved. So they might want uh, some integrations that are not off the shelf. Um, uh, Savannah B has wanted a loyalty program built that will interoperate uh, between their uh, their website and their POS, the point of sale system that they use in store. Um, and so that's that's actually about to roll out. And that's that's one of the things uh, that we're hoping to kind of productize um, and sell to other people who are in a similar position to them. Excellent. Excellent. I think that's, that's very interesting. I do think, you know, I look at Savannah and, and the opportunities, you know, um, e-commerce is only growing because of COVID-19 and, and actually so many of our small vendors in town have no e-commerce presence, even though they've got a storefront, they don't have any e-commerce even for their own products. Right. So there's an opportunity there. Um, and then with port growing, you know, and it becomes a very easy place for us to ship things into or out of. I mean, yep. it just makes sense that e-commerce should be fundamental to, you know, a vision of Savannah as a small but vibrant tech hub. E-commerce is going to play, e-commerce yep. and logistics are going to play very large components of that. So I think, you know, I love the fact that, that that's one of your areas of expertise. Um now I I already know the answer to this. You do, you guys did not seek any outside funding. Um, nope. It's bootstrap, self-funded. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. Regrets, hopes for the future. Thoughts. Um. I think. I think what, what, what I have in mind to try next is, um, to take on the, the EIDL loan from COVID, um, and use that as a way to, to help us invest towards a, a bigger stuff of our own. Um, because it has typically been, um, you know, more or less uh, glorified freelancers. I, I feel like, um, we're kind of looking for customers and we're implementing stuff for them and, and we'll probably get a maintenance thing out of it. Um, 
I, I feel like there are, there are some apps that we could, we could improve on and we could build. Uh, so that's, that's kind of hope for the future is to, um, take this weird moment and, um, and get a product out there. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really smart move. I don't think most people think about it that way. Um, in fact, you and I kind of had that conversation as a sidebar in an earlier conversation, but I mean, even the creative post took the idle loan um, just because we, we likely are changing our business model. We're a membership organization that has office yeah. space that nobody's using, right? A desk that nobody's using and hosts events that people are doing on Zoom and don't want to pay for anymore. So, uh, you know, we need we needed a runway to figure out what the path forward looks like. And we're figuring that out slowly but surely. But it, it, it's how do you use that money to... Uh, you know, pivot and strengthen the business model um, moving forward. And it's, you know, it's not free. It is a loan, obviously, um, but it's almost free for the life of you sure. know, for the whole term. Um, and if you can take that money and turn it into something that's more scalable and more stable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, um, that's the fearful kind of freedom thing of, of running a business. Like uh, I've, we've got to make that call and we've got to say, that's how we're going to do this. And we, we trust that we can uh, build a product here that works. Um, what we've kind of, what I've always kind of assumed is true is um, people who are solving their own problem will solve it best. And so it's been sort of the goal and, and maybe we'll still get one of these off the ground, I'm sure, but is the goal to take, if we build a tour platform for a tour bus company, um, that's a good product and they've been using it for years. They've made millions of dollars on it. Uh, if we build a loyalty program for a store that we have a close relationship with, um, you know, and it meets their needs and then that's, that's a good product. Um, it's harder for me to imagine that there's a, an app that is needed somewhere. Um, and so I'll make that, that makes sense. I, I'm not really supposed to coach you. <laughs> but okay. Just a little bit, right? So that's what customer discovery is about, right? That's sure. what figuring out, like, so, you know, can you leverage what you're building for Savannah B company to go after every single company that uses that POS system and sell them this integration component, right? I, I don't know, maybe, but that yeah. that's emails and chats and lots of conversations with people to determine whether or not the market's big enough for that. Yep. Um, and this is a good time for doing that kind of tech work because now we're all doing it this way. So, um, so my next question is really about, you know, and I think I know the answer to this one too. It's my, I always like to think, okay, at what point did you be like, oh my gosh, this thing's actually going to work. We're going to be able to support ourselves and our families as entrepreneurs doing what we love to do uh, and have an impact on our customers and possibly world. Um, you feel confident I, about that? Barely <laughs> <laughs> most days. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, f I feel like it really clicked when when we sold the deal to Kelly Tours. When we had um, that first um, down payment on a system, we'd already done the plan at this point. So the first down payment on a system that they're going to transition to, uh, they're going to be using this for their business, uh, you know, a, a subset of it at first, and then it'll expand. Uh, that that felt That felt pretty good. 
and the tour industry will come back. It's just patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a company that I met with earlier does construction software for airports. So they went through March going, oh, my God, what's going to happen, right? Yep. Um, so I'll, everyone's in the same boat having these, oh, my God, what's happened? But, I mean, we will come out of this, right? And we will get back to travel and we will congregate in person again and enjoy that for sure. Yeah. And I hope the people running those kind of companies believe that because I'm, I'm actually trying to reach out to them and say, while we're down, don't you want to rethink your, um, your internal structure? Do you want to optimize, um, now? No, that would be great. It's a good opportunity. Um, all right. So kind of switching gears a little bit talking, uh, what's your biggest challenge? What is your biggest challenge, Ben? I'm marketing. marketing. I mean, really, yeah, just just making those connections and um, and stick following up on them, uh, staying with it, cold calling and and cold emailing and that sort of thing. Um, just does not seem to come easy. There's always something more interesting to do than that. Um, that's two engineers for you <laughs> and that's two engineers for you and, and, uh, and, but I'm very aware of the problem. Uh, yeah. 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 I had a sales job for a while and I would always get pulled into the coding problems or challenges. And so what I decided was I had to set a number of phone calls that I had to make every day before I could go look at the code. <laughs> So it's like, okay, I have to, I have to talk to 10 people before I'm allowed to touch code. And as soon as I got those 10 people done, then I could touch the code. And at least I was making 10 phone calls a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I borrow that one. <laughs> um, so one of the questions I always like to ask everybody is what does success look like for them? Because I think success is very personalized. We all have our own view of what success looks like for ourselves and for our company. So, you know, what is, what does success look like for, for you, Rob, and also for, for the company? Yeah, man. Good question. Um, I mean, I think at this point, success for me is, is having a, a co- the company that supports uh, my basic needs. I mean, I, I'm not a, I don't need a whole lot. Um, uh, I think, I think being able to work for the company is part of just success for me. It is the ability to call the shots and set my schedule and um, prioritize my own stuff. Um, there's always a customer, I guess. And then they're your boss to some extent, but, um, you know, uh, this has been big for me, uh, for the company. Um, it's going to be launching a product. It's going to be, it's going to be growing the team. Um, and, and having project managers and other people to do the stuff that it, it just takes up my time. Um, and is interesting and is more interesting to me sometimes than, than, uh, tracking down deals. But, uh, but yeah, um, I think, I think that's it. I, I would, I look forward to the time when, when we're big enough to have like a reading group and we're all giving each other great ideas and, and really doing the, the whole teamwork thing. Um, cause right now we're, we're a small group of guys, um, making software happen. Very cool. Very cool. I do like small groups though. I've, you know, I've managed 300 yep. people, so yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I, I like small teams that work together well and, and have fun. And I think that's that's important about how, how you think about creating culture as you move forward and being yeah. intentional in the culture that you set, which you can start with today in, in how you set things up today. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, what are your preferred tools? Um, you know, what languages are you guys coding in? What do you use? You know, what's your project management tool of choice? All that sort of stuff. Do you use a CRM? For those people that are listening or view this in the future, maybe looking for tools. Um, no, we don't use a CRM. We should. Um, we've been using Asana for project management. Uh, we do sort of uh, Kanban style with yep. uh, weekly sprints. We do uh, stand-up calls every morning. Um, and we're, you know, getting better at, at keeping those quick and then, um, everybody go off and do your thing and we'll check in later. Um, on the, I think that's most, that's most of the kind of the project management stack. Um, we use things like harvest has been useful for tracking time and, um, rippling has been really good for HR. Um, so, and, and they handle, uh, when we onboard somebody, they will set up their accounts for uh, G Suite email, um, get them into our GitHub repositories um, and set all that stuff up for us. So that's, that's really been useful. That's right. Um, I think he's the, he's the guy who started PeopleSoft, I want to yep. say. I've heard um, of them. I just haven't checked them out yet. Yep. Um, so that one's been good. Um, and then on the application side, I feel like everything is JavaScript these days. And so that's, that is the majority of our work. Um, which I mean, just over the, the course of my career, it's been really interesting to see JavaScript as the ugly duckling, um, just grow up. And, uh, I mean, it was the thing that nobody wanted to use, um, when I got started now it's everywhere. Uh, so a lot of react and react native for mobile apps. Um, and then we tend to use NoSQL databases like Mongo. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, VS Code um, is the best thing that Microsoft ever did as far as I'm concerned. It's, uh, it's just a, a simple, powerful editor, you know, that kind of follows in a line of simple, powerful editors that have been useful for me. Um, but I mean, now it's, it, some of the stuff has gotten so good. Um, I spent, I spent a good part of the day today doing a live share with one of our developers. And so we're remote, but we're both sharing a text editor working on the code and, and working through things better than if you were right next to each other. Um, so, uh, things like that are, are pretty cool. That's cool. Huh? Check that out. I haven't coded in a while, All right. Um, I have one more question, then I'm going to open it up to people in the audience. So my last question is always the same, and it's what tips do you have for our entrepreneurs and, and or uh, aspiring entrepreneurs in the audience? So if you could give one or two pieces of advice for somebody that's you know, looking to start a business, yep. what, what is that advice? Um. So I guess a few things you mentioned earlier, like the, the, that some people have a dip, have difficulty finding a good partnership and puts, put thought into that. Do you think about, I mean, Steve and I are, are good friends. 
And, and I think we're both good at what we do. And that's, we've been lucky in, in a lot of ways um, because we did not, we, we weren't like, I don't feel like evaluating each other as business partners. Um, we were good friends and I admired the stuff he did and, and we had good conversations and this was something we both, a direction we both wanted to move. And so we decided to move in this direction together. Um, but I, I do think it's worth figuring out, you know, your, your particular strengths and weaknesses, um, and what would be a good counterbalance, uh, for you. Uh, and then I guess along those lines, um, I don't, I don't think I really thought enough or knew enough about like what it actually means to run a business. Uh, I think for me, it was really just, uh, doing things on my own terms, using a stack that I like and, um, uh, that sort of a thing. So, so I guess in a way it was sort of, um, I'll get to be a developer on my own terms, but that's not really a good framing for a business at all. Um, building a business is going to mean doing the marketing part, um, building those relationships. Um, yeah. And then continuing to do that. Um, I mean, obviously you need to be able to lead a good team and I think it's useful to have, have good, uh, sort of technical knowledge makes you a good judge of things. Um, but as fast as possible, um, I, I feel like the goal is to package up your knowledge and your experience and, and share that and share that down to developers, uh, ultimately to your customers. Right. But, um, yeah, if you're going to go into a business doing the thing that you really like and that you're good at, know that you're, you should not spend your time doing that. Yeah. I've always struggled a little bit with, I sometimes in the early stages of the companies give myself the worst tasks, <laughs> right? So I'm always the the last, I'm the person that gives up customer service emails last. And there's a couple of things about customer service emails though, is that they keep you really close to the customers, right? If, you, if you're getting every email that comes in from a customer and they're bitching about the product, you know exactly what's wrong with the product. <laughs> so I've always had a hard time kind of letting go of that kind of stuff, which is not things that are necessary good at, but it does actually keep me in touch with the customer. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's really valuable. Yep. Um, Mark, you have a couple of questions here. Why don't you go ahead and unmute yourself and ask? Yes, Rob, just a couple of questions uh, regarding uh, software integrations um, that you play for workflow automation. Okay. Just have a, uh, can Better. you hear me now? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a couple of questions regarding the types of software integrations uh, that you deploy. One is for workflow automation. Do you uh, utilize Zapier at all? And second is e-commerce. Shopify is a huge application these days that's um, very strong in e-commerce. Yep. Um, we've used Zapier some. Um, I'm getting more interested in... Um, and I guess we've used other things like CodeShip. So CodeShip is what we would use to keep it on the GitHub repositories. And when we push to uh, develop, then deploy it to staging. And it would, it would sort of automate those things. Those are now, um, I mean, GitHub Actions are taking over for most of that. So those aren't, those aren't typical things we use for customers. Although well, we use Zapier sometimes for customers, but um but yeah, GitHub Actions, I would say, is a, is a big automation thing for us internally. Uh, and then Asana has pretty good um, automations for moving things through 
progress. And then for on e-commerce, uh, we've done a little bit of Shopify, but really most of our, most of our work and all of our, I think, big development has been on, um, big commerce. Make sure I said that right. We do some Shopify, big commerce is, is where we spend most of our time. I had muted myself for that. Cause I had that in stereo. <laughs> um, any other questions from the audience? Um, Rob, I want to really a, applaud you for surviving COVID. I mean, there's so many people I talk to that are, are not going to make it. And some of our friends that, that have been in this community for a long time uh, are, are not going to make it. So first I have to applaud you and Steve for, for keeping the business afloat uh, and, and, and making smart moves during that. And then I think, you know, I have to applaud you and, and say that I think you're really smart to, to look at using the idle loan as a way to uh, kind of reposition your company for moving forward even stronger. So congrats on that. And yeah. I really applaud you. Thanks.